Alrighty, hello again everyone and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for what the hell is the sixth day of December 2023. It's the day before the date which will live in infamy. So it's like the middle child. It's the Jan Brady of days that will live on forever because there will always be a December 6th, but eh, most people won't really care about it. Anyway, I <laughs> poor, poor Jan. I just recently rewatched the, uh, it was on uh, the Brady Bunch movie. They did such a great job with that in both of the movies. Hilarious, hilarious. And Marsha was super hot. Anyway, that's enough about that. Welcome to the program. Hope you're doing well. At the end of the show, I will announce who wins what book and uh, what book will be back into it. We're getting back into the swing of things as we get into the holiday season. I like to give stuff away. Mostly, I like to get rid of stuff that I have laying around the house. So, there is that. All right. You can email me, DerekAllenHunter at gmail.com. You can enter the book contest. Somebody, somebody wrote a comment on the Patreon.com slash DerekHunter podcast website. How the F do I enter the book contest? Just find. It's been a while, so you know, you got to scroll down a little bit. But just find a uh, the picture, the post with the pictures of the books. And you comment on it with uh, which book you want to win, should your name be drawn. And that's it. It's pretty simple, pretty basic. It's a contest so simple, even I can barely screw it up. Not that I couldn't, that I could barely screw it up. Anyway, let us get on with the news. I want to play you some audio right off the top of this, because after I recorded yesterday, the news broke that... The uh, the House Oversight, the House Committee looking into Joseph Robinette Biden, the Oversight Committee, the one that is launching or investigating whether or not there should be a, an impeachment inquiry officially launched, or an impeachment investigation officially launched. They keep discovering new things. They keep discovering new and new things about the Bidens and about Hunter Biden's businesses, coupled with Joe Biden's cash flow. It's really interesting here because at no point has any media outlet become remotely curious about this. Now, you would think they would. They love it when a Republican says something and then there's any evidence to suggest, just suggest, forget proof, but to suggest that there is something contrary or maybe something that is not completely kosher in what it was that the Republicans said. And so they immediately go, well, uh, it's at least half true. Uh, we've got to figure out. They, they twist it. The political fact-checking places go absolutely crazy. Like this, for example. I mean, forget me trying to fumble around to try and find a an analogy here. We'll just tell you exactly what PolitiFact said. <sighs> God, these people, I don't, I don't know how they live with themselves. PolitiFact did a fact check. It says, uh, GOP presidential candidate Nikki Haley has said China is making significant naval gains when it comes to the U.S. 
Haley's ship count numbers are on target, but a country's naval strength is often measured in other ways, including technology and reach. So China has more certain types of vessels than we do, and they're building them at a rate that they're going to surpass us in total number of vessels pretty damn quickly. That's what Nikki Haley said. Uh, China is going to surpass our naval capacity pretty damn soon. They're focusing on it, and we're focusing on making sure that everybody uses the preferred pronouns of the people in the Navy. You know, kind of a valid point. Well, I'm not the biggest Nikki Haley fan in the world. She's sort of come out in favor of open borders and a pathway to citizenship. Not my cup of tea. But she's got a damn point right there, does she not? But they changed it. You see how they do it? And this is what I say when I, this is what I mean when I say, if you control the unit of measure, you control everything. You get to decide. She said X. Well, X might be true, but what about Z? Well, she didn't say Z. No, 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 no. We're talking about Z. And therefore, PolitiFact declared it to be half true. Half true. Now, they can't declare it to be completely false because what she said was pretty unambiguous. But they can declare it to be half true to make it seem as though she's lying. Therefore, Joe Biden isn't as terrible of a president as he is. Right? However... Uh, but a country's naval strength is often measured in other ways. Okay, did she say that uh, you know it's good, they've got the, the best fleet, that they've got the furthest range, that they have a navy with the greatest technology? No, she didn't. She was talking about size. She was talking about the sheer number of vessels. But they don't care. They went the other way. This is how media works. This is how journalism works these days. And you would think that it, because you look at all of the evidence of the money flowing in there. You just start with the timeline of Joe Biden once the uh, questions started flying about the Biden ink. His response was what? I never talked to my son about overseas, but never talked to anybody in my family about overseas. But I'm a god-awful, terrible person. I don't talk to my family about anything that they're doing. I don't care. I don't care. I only really ever cared about my son, Bo. And when he passed, that was it. I was done talking to my kids about anything going on in their life. That's how my son ended up becoming a uh, prostitute frequenting crackhead who left his wife for his sister-in-law. And I didn't pay any attention to it. I don't care. That's the only way I can live, by ignoring the grandchild that I have, that I refuse to acknowledge. They've acknowledged their grandkid. Have they ever done anything other than say, yeah, all right, fine, in this press release, this grandkid exists. I don't think they've ever done anything other than that. This year, by the way, in the White House, when they, they remember, what was it, last year, the year before, they put up the stockings by the uh, on the fireplace, and they had them for all the grandkids except for the, the one that Hunter had with the uh, exotic dancer. They even put up one for the dog, but they didn't put up one for the, the grandkid they wanted to pretend didn't exist. And now they're like, oh, no, that kid exists. But we're not going to acknowledge that kid, but that kid exists. God, they're awful people. They're awful people. Anyway, while Joe's sitting there going, never talked to anybody about it, didn't have anything to do with anything, the Republicans in the House of Representatives keep uncovering all sorts of, you know, weird things like, oh, I don't know, canceled checks from Hunter Biden and from his brother and his sister-in-law, 
and all the other, they're just sending Joe money. The Central Bank of Biden? How the hell is it? In 2017, Joe Biden started receiving a ton of money from family members that we found so far. They've been very secretive and are doing everything they can to obfuscate and refuse to cooperate and turn over records. But it's very weird that suddenly after Joe leaves the White House, pretty soon thereafter Joe leaves the White House. Now, you think, well, of course he's cashing out. He's cashing. Joe Biden got a good advance for his book. Not a ton of money. If it's, Let's just say he's the former vice president. <sighs> A known commodity, a known fabulist. There's not a whole lot of like, boy, people really want to know more about this Joe Biden guy. Nobody thought about Joe Biden when he was vice president of the United States. That's how he was able to fly under the radar and help his family's businesses and random LLCs flourish because nobody was paying attention to him. So nobody's going to be sitting there going, we're going to give you 10. The world needs to know and wants to know what you want to do. Let's give you $10 million of an advance. No. They probably gave him a million-dollar advance at best as sort of a golden parachute, here you go, old man, go about your business kind of way, probably never expecting him to come back. They, they do that sort of stuff. A million-dollar advance. His book did not sell that many copies. His book was about his son. And uh, it, it just was not a bestseller. I have somewhere I have a signed copy of it in, my, in a box in a basement. So he didn't recoup more money, but let's just say they gave him a million dollars. A million dollars, you got to pay 35%, 36% tax. He has a literary agent who's taken 10% off the top. So you've got $900,000, but you're also paying the 36% tax on the full $1 million. Joe Biden didn't write the book himself, so you've got to pay somebody to write it. That's $50,000 to $100,000. Somewhere you're getting into the neighborhood of, what, $500,000, dollars $500, maybe even less, that ends up in Joe's pocket. And yet somehow we're told that Joe Biden was shoveling money out the door hand over fist. Now, Joe is gotten other money. He's done some speaking engagements and whatever in his deal at UPenn that was funded by the Chinese government, et cetera, et cetera. But you're not talking about a ton of money. At the, Now, it, it, granted, it's a ton of money. We'd all love to have the money. But when you're talking about the grand scheme of things of what Joe Biden is alleged to have loaned his family in that same time period, Suddenly, Joe goes from bragging about, I'm the poorest member of the Senate, I'm the poorest member of Congress, and you're a poor vice president. Suddenly, within a couple of months, you're loaning out $200,000 to your brother. You're loaning out $50,000 to your crack-addicted son so he can buy a pickup truck. Why does your son need a pickup truck? He's got two other cars, including a $140,000, whatever it was, Porsche, bought for him by somebody from Dubai or wherever it was, somebody from now it's somebody from Eastern Europe. They just gave him the money. Why did they give him the money? Well, Hunter is very did he did Hunter give him like the best hooker he ever put hook him up with the best hooker he'd ever heard of or something? All questions that normal people would ask if they were in the journalism. But journalists are not at all interested in this sort of stuff. They're just not. 
because it's the Bidens, because Joe is a Democrat. At a certain point, one would think that these things, these coincidences, would lead to some questioning from the media, if only to disprove it. See, now, a White House that is being wrongly accused of corruption would, and we've seen this, we invite you to look into it. Go ahead. Here are all the records. Go crazy. And media, dig in. We encourage you to dig in and find this. And they find nothing. And they end up proving or disproving the allegation. That would be what I would think the innocent would do. They would say, here are the records. Go through it. See if you find anything out of the ordinary, because there is nothing out of the ordinary. And then people would look, and that would pretty much be the end of it. But with the Bidens, it is deny anything ever happened. There's no connection. It never. No, I don't even know what you're talking about. The very concept is so absurd. How dare you even suggest such a thing? And then there's evidence. It goes from there's no evidence to there's no direct evidence. What do you mean there's no direct evidence? There's evidence. It doesn't have to be direct or in. What do you mean direct, indirect? Direct evidence would be somebody witnessing it. And indirect evidence would be somebody being caught doing something on surveillance footage. Like, I don't understand it. Now, there's no direct evidence. There's no direct. There's no money going in. It was always there's no money. There's no money. Where's the money? Even the president said, where's the money? Well, now we're finding money. And it's no, 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 Joe. The poorest man in government was loaning out interest-free to, not that you should make interest, make money off of your family members, but loaning out interest-free hundreds of thousands and tens of thousands, depending on the person, to uh, dollars to family members. Can you prove that? We don't have to prove it. Just take our word for it. And now this latest money coming from Hunter Biden's com- to Joe Biden from that came directly from China, they're saying, no, 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 no. This was just repayment for a loan for a truck. Now, again, an enterprising journalist would look at this and go, well, I'm going to look into this because if I can prove this, well, I'll be the next White House press secretary when Karine Jean-Pierre finally gets what's coming to her. But no. What they uh, should, what they, the curious thing about this is, why is Hunter, Hunter Biden bought a truck? He filmed himself smoking crack while driving it. He's a hell of a guy and a hell of a dad if his dad helped him buy a truck that he could, you know, it's, it's got semi-autopilot. It's really easy to drive with your knees whilst lighting a crack pipe. So that's why the family wanted to get it. Uh, but If Joe Biden helped buy that truck or loaned him the money to buy that truck, the $50,000 to buy that truck, why did Hunter Biden pay back Joe Biden through an LLC that really doesn't do anything, a shell corporation, with money directly from China? Why would that be? Now, I don't know. Maybe Joe, well, it'll be interesting to see. We've got to find out whether or not Joe, there's, re, there's record of $50,000 going to Joe in this case. We have to find out whether or not there's a record of $50,000 going from Joe to Hunter, right? That would be the loan. 
If you show the loan, then you show the loan repayment. Then that makes the loan repayment a loan repayment. You Suddenly, it's, it's case closed on this thing. But they won't show the $50,000 going from Joe to Hunter. It's very weird. Why won't they show that money? Does it exist? We don't know. Well, listen to uh, Chairman Comer talk about all of this, because if this were a Republican administration, this would be the one of the things, I mean, pretty much everything Comer has put out, this would be the, the face that launched a thousand ships. This would be the jumping off point for a whole bunch of investigative journalists to go dig in and talk to everybody remotely, tangentially involved with the Biden family. President Joe Biden claimed there was an absolute wall between his official government duties and his family's influence peddling schemes. This was a lie. President Joe Biden claimed his family didn't receive money from China. This was a lie. President Joe Biden claimed he never spoke to his son, Hunter Biden, about the Biden's family's shady business dealings. This was a lie. Now, Hunter Biden's legal team and the White House's media allies claim Hunter's corporate entities never made payments directly to Joe Biden. We can officially add this latest talking point to the list of lies. Today, the House Oversight Committee is releasing subpoenaed bank records that show Hunter Biden's business entity, a Wasco PC, made direct monthly payments to Joe Biden. This wasn't a payment from Hunter Biden's personal account, but an account for his corporation that received payments from China and other shady corners of the world. At this moment, Hunter Biden is under an investigation by the Department of Justice for using a Wasco PC for tax evasion and other serious crimes. And based on whistleblower testimony, we know the Justice Department made a concerted effort to prevent investigators from asking questions about Joe Biden. I wonder why. The more we learn, it appears the Justice Department was trying to cover up for the Bidens until brave IRS whistleblowers came forward and a federal judge rejected the sweetheart plea deal. Payments from Hunter's business entity to Joe Biden are now part of a pattern revealing Joe Biden knew about, participated in, and benefited from his family's influence peddling schemes. When Joe Biden was vice president, he spoke by phone, attended dinners, and had coffee with his son's foreign business associates. He allowed his son to catch a ride on Air Force Two at least a dozen times to sell the Biden brand around the world. Hunter Biden requested office keys to be made for his office mate, Joe Biden, in space he planned to share with a Chinese energy company. We've revealed how Joe Biden received checks from his family that were funded by the Biden's influence peddling schemes with China, no less. The House Oversight Committee continues to investigate Joe Biden's involvement in his family's domestic and international business schemes at a rapid pace. We will continue to uncover the facts and provide transparency about the findings of our investigation. President Biden and his family must be held accountable for this blatant corruption. The American people expect no less. Now, you can disagree with the conclusion if you're a liberal all you want. But the evidence is there. Now, maybe there's another innocent explanation for the evidence, but it is certainly not, that's not true, or nope, it's different, we did something else. Prove you, there are serious allegations that on the surface sure as hell look like you're taking money from China laundered through an LLC shell corporation set up by your son 
which is, you know, exactly what the evidence on Hunter Biden's laptop suggested. And all of the policies and pronouncements by you as vice president sort of seem to support the, the for sale nature of what you were doing. Why is it, why is it that no journalistic outfit is looking into that? Because they simply don't care. They simply don't care. They know that it could be true. They know that it could be true, and therefore they don't want to talk about it. They can't bring themselves to talk about it. You imagine what a pariah a journalist would be if they were the ones who discovered unequivocal evidence of Joe Biden's corruption. Why they'd never get to another co- invite to another cocktail party or Christmas reception ever again. Ever again. It's just sad and pathetic to watch this happen, but this is how it's happening. This is what's going on right in front of you. This has not been mentioned on MSNBC in any way, shape, or form. This has not been mentioned on CNN in any way, shape, or form. They simply have no interest in this. They're not looking into it. They refuse to look into it to the extent that any time any of these things, and they sort of stop doing this, but to the extent that any of this was ever mentioned was when they came out and said, but there's no evidence. Well, Republicans allege X, but there's zero evidence. Zero evidence of direct payments. There's no, well, now we've got you know money. There's no money. There's the money. Okay, now we've got direct payments from China. No, there's no, okay, well, whatever. It's a perfectly innocent explanation. I've never seen journalists unequivocally accept the words of politicians in my life like this. Something shit. Hey, you got a big pile of money there. Yeah, but what are you going to do? Look, it's perfectly legitimate money. Oh, it is perfectly legitimate money. Okay, well, then I'll stop looking. I'll stop looking. We don't need to know. It's. Per- I guess they kind of did this in Bill Clinton's time, when in ninety seven, ninety eight, whatever it was, it was discovered that Al Gore had come away from a Buddhist temple out in California with two hundred thousand dollars in campaign contributions, a Chinese Buddhist temple filled with Chinese monks who had taken a vow of poverty. Somehow they managed to scramble together $200,000 for the Clinton-Gore re-election campaign. And when it was discovered, they said, hey, that's a little bit fishy, but then they stopped looking into it immediately because the people who, the guy from China who had organized, you know, this is one of those things that really does deserve. They, they didn't look into it then. People forget there was a couple of guys, I can't remember the guy's name, Johnny Chen or something like that. He uh, was fundraising. He was a dual national, I believe. He was fundraising for the Clinton-Gore re-election campaign raised a ton of money from China, from Chinese sources, from the money that was laundered through Americans here, mostly in the San Francisco area, I believe. And then like China dumped money into their bank accounts. Those people wrote the checks to Clinton Gore. And it was all pretty clear. And that guy left the country never to return. He's now probably living in China, probably living like a king, but he helped... Democrats get reelected. Joe, uh, people forget that Bill Clinton was not super popular back in 19, 
96. Actually, him getting BJs from Monica Lewinsky made him more popular for sympathetic reasons, which is really sort of screwed up. But uh, that never came to a resolution. It never came to a resolution. If you also remember the immediate aftermath of that, there was an investigation in the United States Senate of the Chinese ties to the Clinton-Gore campaign. And Democratic Ohio Senator John Glenn ran interference. I remember watching those hearings. I was in college at the time, and I was embarrassed that John Glenn was ever a national hero. He had zero interest in discovering whether or not the administration had uh, was you know, whoring itself out to communist China for money, for campaign contributions. They had no interest in that at all. And shortly after those hearings concluded, because Democrats ran Blocker and they wrote their own report, they, the media, of course, ran with it, John Glenn was rewarded with a final trip on the space shuttle. Remember that? Remember John Glenn? He's going to be the oldest astronaut. Love of all is so wonderful, so historic. That was not because John Glenn was John Glenn. The president of the United States had to issue a waiver, sign an executive order, waiving NASA regulations that forbade somebody of John Glenn's age and health status going into the astronaut program because, you know, somebody has a heart attack up in space, you're kind of screwed. John Glenn wanted to get back up into space. If you remember, John Glenn did what? John Glenn was the first, what did he do? He did multiple orbits or something like that. It's great. He wasn't the first American in space. He might have been the first American to orbit the Earth. But that was it. He managed to parlay that one trip, I believe, into space into a national hero political career. He did. He was no Neil Armstrong. He didn't go anywhere near the moon. Alan Shepard wasn't out there going, hey, everybody, come over and kiss my ass. I was the first American. No, John Glenn had that plan. He's an opportunist. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but let's be honest about what it was. So he never really got to experience space. He was up there in the, I think the Mercury capsule where you just basically sat there strapped into a seat, went around, came back down. You barely experienced zero gravity because you were strapped into a seat, I think. Those capsules, you can see the John Glenn's capsule at the uh, Air and Space Museum here in Washington, D.C. It's tiny. It's tiny. So he didn't get to, now he got to experience it. And all it cost him was a little piece, of, a big piece of his soul and a whole bunch of corruption covered up by Democrats. Somebody should write a book about that, to be honest with you. But uh, yeah, they, the media didn't care then. They did a little bit of reporting, then they kind of dropped it. John Glenn goes to space. The media cares less now. They don't even bother to report the allegations. You would think chairman of an important House committee investigating the president of the United States is alleging something. Forget about, you know, found something, but alleging something. The allegation was enough. Remember, it was back in the days of the Clarence Thomas hearing. They didn't have any evidence of Anita Hill's whiny little BS claims. It was the seriousness of the charge. The seriousness of the church. That was why it had to be investigated. That was why it was important. That was why it had to be reported. It was the seriousness 
of the church. Well, these churches are pretty damn serious. And yet there's no appetite whatsoever to even disprove them. To even disprove. It's very curious. We'll see what happens, but I don't expect much to happen. It doesn't really matter what they uncover. Because at this point, when you've got someone like Jamie Raskin out there who will move the who's just a despicable human being, who will obviously look at the truth and go, I don't care that or that's not true or that's a lie. You don't expect any there's video footage of Joe Biden murdering a woman. Doesn't matter. Who cares? Shut up. Stop talking. That's how the left works nowadays. There's no point in trying. I'd be curious. This could, if they find something, a smoking gun, I'd be curious to see whether or not conservative media could take down a president. That'll be, I mean, if the RNC would have to find, candidates would have to also um, make the make a point of educating the public, which they're exceedingly terrible at. It'll be curious if they could coordinate something. I doubt it. I don't have much hope, but I have some. I don't have much hope, and experience tells me that whatever little hope I have is probably too much. But still, you got to have something. you got to have something. Okay, I, wanna, I, watched, I watched the debate. Uh, not, not the debate. The town hall, or what was billed as a town hall. Can we really just get somebody over at Fox to tell people what the hell a town hall is? A town hall meeting is when a candidate meets with a whole bunch of people and takes questions from an audience, right? It has to be over a good period of time. It can't be 44 minutes when you factor in commercials. What Sean Hannity did with Donald Trump, I don't know why I thought it would be something. It was an interview. It was an ass-kissing in front of an audience. It's the same thing when anybody else is on Fox. If you're trying to make a decision, if you're open at all to any possibility, you want information, you want the candidates to be asked questions that matter by people who have, you know, are serious, and instead you get a conversation about, man, those guys suck, don't they? I mean, here, tell me how much they suck. And Yeah, they suck. Yeah, everybody else sucks, don't they? Totally, everybody sucks. Like that gets so tedious for an hour. I don't get it. I don't get it. Hannity brought something you know good together last week, and then like this town hall. It's just, nobody asks any questions. It's not a town hall. Your questions weren't even really questions. So it's not even worth. There was literally nothing worthwhile in the whole thing that I found. Nothing. So I want to play you something that is worthwhile. There was a hearing up on Capitol Hill of the heads of three Ivy League universities, MIT, Harvard, and the University of Pennsylvania. Three diversity hires celebrated for their gender and one because of their skin color because why else would they have gotten the jobs? I don't know what their qualifications are, but after watching some of this hearing, it doesn't seem that they are qualified to make a sandwich that they're qualified to tie their own shoes, they're qualified to balance checkbook. I wouldn't trust them to water my plastic plants if, they went, if I went out of town. But that's where we are as a society. That's what we've become. These are the heads of major universities. These are very prestigious universities. And they were asked basic questions about the anti-Semitism that is running rampant in their 
in their communities, on their college campuses, and they couldn't give a straight answer. It is disgusting. These women should all be fired. They should be embarrassed. They should be ashamed of themselves. They will be none. They will be, they probably have job security for the very reasons that they got the jobs in the first place, none of which has anything to do with merit. Because why? Because this is America in 2023, and these are liberal bastions. It's just how it is. Listen to this. Dr. Kornbluth, does M- at MIT, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate MIT's code of conduct or rules regarding bullying and harassment? Yes or no? If targeted at individuals not making public statements. Yes or no? Calling for the genocide of Jews does have, not constitute bullying and harassment? I have not heard calling for the genocide for Jews on our campus. But you've heard chants for intifada. I've heard chants, which can be anti-Semitic depending on the context, when calling for the elimination of the Jewish people. So those would not be according to the MIT's code of conduct or rules? That would be um, investigated of, as harassment if pervasive and severe. Ms. McGill, at Penn, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. I I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. That is not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer yes, Ms. McGill. So is your testimony that you will not answer yes? If it uh, is, if if the speech becomes conduct, it can be harassment, yes. Conduct meaning committing the act of genocide? The speech is not harassment? This is unacceptable, Ms. McGill. I'm gonna give you one more opportunity for the world to see your answer. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's code of conduct when it comes to bullying and harassment? Yes or no? It can be harassment. The answer is yes. And Dr. Gay, at Harvard, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment, yes or no? It can be, depending on the context. What's the context? Targeted as an individual, targeted at an individual. It's targeted at Jewish students, Jewish individuals. Do you understand your testimony is dehumanizing them? Do you understand that dehumanization is part of anti-Semitism? I will ask you one more time. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no? Anti-Semitic rhetoric. When it and is it anti-Semitic con- rhetoric? Anti-Semitic rhetoric when it crosses into conduct that amounts to bullying, harassment, intimidation, that is actionable conduct and we do take action. So the answer is yes, that calling for the genocide of Jews violates Harvard Code of Conduct, correct? Again, it depends on the context. It does not depend on the context. The answer is yes, and this is why you should resign. These are unacceptable answers across the board. It's unbelievable. 
It's unbelievable. It depends on the context. Now, she's not talking about illegality. You can say whatever the hell you want. But these universities have codes of conduct. Honor codes. You can't cheat. You can't plagiarize. You can't do this. You can't do that. And realistically, if you get down to it, you can't be conservative. You can't hold conservative views. You can't bring a conservative speaker on campus. You can harass the ever-loving crap out of conservatives on campus. But you cannot say anything like, hey, you know what? That girl with the penis should not be playing girls lacrosse because she's 250 pounds and can bench press the entire rest of the team. Can't say that. That's a hate crime. That's targeted harassment. That will probably get you expelled from the university. But being out there, uh, death to all the Jews, let's commit genocide, let's wipe out all the Jews, let's kill all the Jews. The world would be so much better if we didn't have all these damn Jews in it. That is okay, depending on the context. What context, you ask? Well, the context where it's not kosher, so to speak, forgive the pun, is one in which you actually act on it. You have to do it. You say, hey, you're getting fat over there. Look at that fat guy over there. Oh, my God, you're body shaming. You must go to re-education or get expelled. Oh, my, you've described that black person as a black person. You are a racist and must be expelled. Yeah, you need to be re-educated and probably you couldn't be redeemed at that point. But if you say death to all the Jews, let's clean the world by putting all the Jews in the garbage can. Hitler was onto something. Genocide the Jews. It's perfectly okay unless you act on it. That's my favorite part. Unless you act on it. Unless you're committing genocide, calling for genocide is fine. Now, these are the same people these evil pieces of crap who have done what for the past know, 20, 30 years? Whined, pissed, and moaned about what? Silence is violence. Words are violence. This is violence. Everything is violence except for actual violence. And then he said, okay, well, this fits into your criteria. These are words that are calling for violence, literally calling for violence. Is that violence? No, that's not violence. None of this is only there's no justification for this and I'm not going to be able to talk about it without swearing. So I won't, uh, I'll save it for the weekend F and review, but this is like one of the all time sort of audio clips where you're just sitting there going, my God, is this really happening? These three adult women, you sit there and you go, Ooh, they're, they must be impressive. They are presidents of major Ivy league universities. They must be impressive. And then you listen to each one of them. And they get progressively dumber. Progressively dumber. Yeah, maybe that's why. Each one dumber than the last. Each one more ignorant of than the last. Well, we got to talk about the context. Okay, in what context is it cool to call for the extermination of Jews? And would you engage in it? Give us an example. I'll give you the floor. Give me an example in which uh, calling for the genocide of Jews would be okay. And then immediately say the same context again, but this time instead of Jews, say blacks. And then do it again one more time and say gays instead of that, okay? Go ahead, tell me the context. Oh, suddenly there is no context in which saying Jews, well, you won't do it. There's a difference. There's a difference. You don't like that comparison because 
this is animal farm in the progressive world where some animals are more equal than others. That's just good old science, isn't it? I'm not exaggerating when I say these people are disgusting, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not exaggerating when I say these people are dangerous. These people are in charge of the institutions where our future leaders will come from if we don't change course, if we don't, I don't know, judge people based on merit rather than resume. God help us if we don't. Seems like every one of these episodes ends up in talking about how important next November is and how making the right decisions and nominations for every level of candidate up and down the ballot is, doesn't it? Because that's really the whole ball of wax. That's really the whole ball game. That's enough for today, I think. I will say that uh, we'll have the contest again. I'll start it up again. It's going to be the same thing because somebody won my book and I got another copy of my book. So it's me versus Greg Gutfeld. And this week's winner is, well, I'm going to have to swear a little bit because it's the name they chose on uh, patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast. Bat shit crazy Mimi. Bat shit crazy Mimi. You sound like you're a lot of fun at parties. Congratulations. You have won my book. Your name was drawn. Plain and simple. You have a message from me. Uh, look for it. Find it. Respond with your address. I will send it out to you. You should have it. You'll get it. You should be able to get it before Christmas. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening. Have a great, what the hell day is today? Today is Wednesday. Have a great Wednesday. We've got another debate coming up this week. We'll talk about that. I'll see you on Thursday. God, the week is flying. Thanks for listening.